Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Hey creators, this is Roland and welcome to the Writer's Creator Space, a space where you as an author or aspiring author can get inspiration, advice, tips and encouragement on your self-publishing journey. This is episode 43 and this is part two of The Healthy Writer. In the last episode, I was speaking to Dr. Amy Blumiers about health and how it affects our productivity as writers. We talked about a lot of things like posture, nutrition, motivation, and much, much more. And in today's episode, we talk about mental health and how that affects us as people and as authors and our productivity. We cover topics like imposter syndrome, identity, self-talk, comparionitis, and the past, and how that affects us. And I really enjoyed the interview, and I hope you will too. So without wasting any more time, let's get into it, and I'll see you on the back end. Hey, Amy, how are you doing? Glad to have you on the episode again. Thank you for having me back again. How are you? Yes, I'm very good and I'm excited about this talk. Um, really pumped about talking about mental health. And if you are listening to this episode and you have not listened to the previous episode, we started on the healthy writer and why it's important to be healthy as a writer and how that affects just your productivity and everything on even how you sit, um, how you eat. So I recommend you go back to the previous episode. And I am talking to Dr. Amy Blumiers, uh, who's a chiropractic doctor. Um, she specializes in health and posture. And like I said, we had an amazing talk last week. And today we are talking about the mental side of this health thing because it's really important. And we're going to be talking about how the mental aspects affects you as a writer and your productivity. So Amy, glad to have you um, talking about this because I know you're passionate about this. Um, so as we start, just define what mental health is and how important it is to a person and their productivity in general. So, I mean, when we are talking about mental health, right, it's, it's such a big word because yeah. mental health is really, it spans from, you know, uh, anxiety, depression, which I, I technically count as symptoms of a bigger issue, but, um, you know, typically that's what people from uh, depression, anxiety, uh, all the way through to something like schizophrenia or, you know, just mm -hmm. the, you know, kind of need for intensive medication. And so mental health is such a big, it's a broad term. And I always say to people that it's very, very important to go to your qualified psychologist nice. um, if you are struggling with stuff so that they can make an accurate diagnosis and and the, the idea of having an accurate diagnosis is it just as one, it's scary, I guess, for a lot of people to kind of have a diagnosis. But uh, the other thing, it's also empowering. 
and so I'll throw this idea at you. I think that it's better to go into the cave looking for the dragon than it is waiting for the dragon to find you. Oh, I like that. Ooh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and so very much so when we're looking at what you know disease and sickness and it's it's the idea that if you know you're not functioning at 100% and you know you're not well that it's always better to go and look and find your you know what you need to help empower you to bring you back to a state of healing or health mm-hmm. now we're talking about uh you know definition of what does that look like for you and maybe i can ask you like when you think of a healthy mental state what what does that look like for you i think i guess it's the way i think right as in am i tearing myself down all the time am i always in this negative space about everything uh what i do and who i am you know so being healthy in that area is having a very like a positive mindset in the way i do in the things that i do right so yes things that can be bad but it can be better you know like oh i messed up here but i can do better you know like there's that encouragement there's that affirmation there's um that being real yes but it's not always tearing myself down so that's what i think it is uh so what is that correct or yeah i mean i think you know health is definitely uh I think individual based it's bio individual so when we say something like bio individual it's that your biology and your dna and your genetics are unique to you and and so by nature of that it's always important for you to one sit down with yourself and define what health looks like define what a healthy mental state looks like and the good thing about that is it's not necessarily that from the get go you'll have the perfect definition i i don't even think i do mm. but what it does is as you start exploring information around health and you know you begin to find new things that add to your building block of of your of your life mm-hmm. um and we can see from an epigenetic perspective right that we have the power to change our genetic um expression mm-hmm. that's amazing so you can be you know we're looking at age and you can have these two things biological age and chronological age so chronological age is literally you know how old are you mm-hmm. um you know and then biological age is at what age is your body actually expressing itself as so you can have someone who is chronologically 20 but because of maybe really bad sleep habits and smoking and excessive drinking and drug abuse they're biologically 60 right so but having said so the other thing about you know epigenetics and what we're learning you know even neuroscience is that the body is um has this ability to change and shift and heal and so from a mind perspective we call that neuroplasticity and it's just the idea that the brain itself the 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 structure of the brain the function of the brain has an ability to change according to how you're thinking mm, um yeah. you know and so which is was interesting because i think fundamentally and this is me just exploring the idea of health is that fundamentally our body and our brain is responding to what we what we give it mm-hmm. it's an input output situation 
So we're outputting what we're taking in. And it's the same with food. You're going to output what you're putting into your body. It's the same with your thought process, with what you're feeding your mind. You're going to literally output what you're giving it. It's the same with movement. I'm always talking about that, that if you're staying in flexion, you're going to decrease extension in your body because your, your brain is going, well, this is what we're inputting. We're putting inputting um, flexion, which is that rounded shoulders, head jutting forward. So this is what our body just wants us to do. So we'll upregulate that movement, mm -hmm. right? And when we think of our, our mental state, I think, which is really interesting, is that as human beings, we tend more towards the negativity. Mm -hmm. So it's easier. <laughs> it is easier to actually fall into that negative thinking like um, state, like a snowball. Um, and it is harder. It's harder to have the positive thinking. It's harder to have the affirmations. And all of those can lead to imposter syndrome, which mm -hmm. I know we wanted to talk about imposter, yeah. imposter syndrome. But imposter syndrome not only pops up when it comes to like working, because that's where we've kind of defined it of like, you feel like, you know, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Yeah. You feel like maybe you shouldn't be writing what you're writing or maybe you know, you're not qualified enough to be speaking on whatever it is. But we can also find imposter syndrome in our own, in how we govern our bodies, right? Where if you are starting to eat healthy, then there's fear that can come up that it's like, well, we've done this before and you failed. Mm. So what's the difference now, you know? Or it's like, um, you start to exercise and then your body is like, yeah, well, it's January. So of course you're going to start exercising because it's your resolution, but I'm sure by April you're going to be done. And you're functioning out of a state of residual condemnation and shame. Mm. Right. And that's all unhealthy mental states, condemnation, shame, um, you know, that the, the negative, the negative space, especially if it's not, um, intentionally um balanced by a positive thing so it's not it's not necessarily to say that you're not allowed to be sad mm -hmm. you're not allowed to be angry or you're not allowed to be disappointed because yeah. those are all healthy emotions but within a healthy state where they're not necessarily defining who you are um it's a, it's a season you're going through, but you know that you have the ability to pick yourself up and keep moving, you know, or, or heal in that yeah. particular state. So can you explain this? Because imposter syndrome is a very big thing with writers. And I mean, I remember when I released my first book in 2020, that hit me hard, you know, like, you know, like you've got the book and there's thoughts saying, dude, someone's going to find you out, bro. This is, <laughs> this is not you that wrote this book. They'll find you a fraud. I mean, it was intense. I mean, yeah. you know, like you, you have these things and you think uh, they're very light, but it was real. So for example, like I remember one customer I gave the book to uh, who bought the book and, and she was like, cool. And she was like a pastor and she's like, I'm going to go through it. And I'm going to get back to you if it's not solid. And we're like, are oh, you being found out? Yes, you are. You better like, you know, like you're, gonna, you're in trouble kind of thing. Um, and I know lots of writers struggle with this. So how do you tackle that? I mean, like, what are some of the steps that one can take to 
let's, I won't say take it away completely because I think those thoughts will always come, but how do you fight against it? You know, like, and win more than lose. Let me just say that. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's a tough question, right? Uh, and I think once again, it's us just exploring ideas and exploring the stuff that we've kind of studied along the way. I think you did uh, TPI, is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and really just stuff that I've been studying and my own personal experience. Um, you know, I think, I think imposter syndrome kind of happens for us all. You know, yeah. for me, it was also the whole chiropractic thing where it was like, like, are you, you know, like people are going to find out that you're actually like, do you actually know what you're doing? And do you, you know, and it's like all of these questions. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, there's, there's two things there. I think the, the first thing is it's a healthy thing to ask yourself these questions, mm. right? It's a, I think it's a healthy thing because I think to a certain extent, it also helps you clarify the situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you never, if you never had difficult um, situations, you wouldn't be able to clarify what you want or what you don't want. If you've never worked for a terrible boss, then you mm. don't know what a good boss looks mm. like, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. And it's like the same thing with them kind of ask myself what is my position when it comes to chiropractic and for me it was the idea that I'm never coming into chiropractic or into with my patients saying I know it all Mm. and I think even from a perspective of of you know when we're talking about writing when we're talking about about writing Mm -hmm. right and it's like there is that need to be like I know it all but there's nothing new under the sun right Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I think is, is, is very bio-individual, again, is your perspective on the mm. idea. Mm. It's, it's, your, it's your take on the idea. And it's, and it's an ability to, or humility to know that you don't know it all. And yeah. it's a journey and it's a process, you know? Um, I always say to my patients, I had to also find within myself that I had to separate my identity from my profession. Nice. I had to separate, you know, and I think even now as like someone who's going to writing class and who has been, you know, kind of pushing into this writing space because I mm-hmm. love writing, kind of finding my voice within the writing, but not necessarily finding my identity in it. Nice, I like that. You know, and so I think that that's key. And then the, you know, the other thing is really like, what is your why? Like, why are you doing this? You know, and, and finding meaning. And meaning is so important for us because, and I fundamentally believe, yeah. um, maybe from a pessimistic point of view, and I think we spoke about this the last time, that life is suffering and life is tough and there are tragedies and these things, stress and all of this stuff. And you need to have some form of responsibility, some form of, uh, meaning to make the suffering worthwhile and you can imagine it's like you sitting at the desk writing for hours and hours and hours is not the most comfortable position but because you have a big enough goal you'll do it mm-hmm. right and so it's the same it's the same concept with this imposter syndrome I think that it's it's us wanting to be completely original and us wanting to be completely um 
you know, have to have this ultimate, you know, ultimate perfection. And I was listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson, and he was talking about how his writing process around um, maps of, like when he wrote maps of meaning, which took him years and years and years. Okay. And he actually said, when he started writing, he came into it knowing that he would actually throw away about 80% of the stuff that he was, he had written. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is crazy. Can you imagine sitting for a whole year? And then when you're done at the end of the year, knowing for well that by the end of the year, you would have thrown away 80% of mm. the work. That you That's nice. Right. Crazy. But it's an attachment game. It's are you attached to the meaning or are you attached to the work? You know, yeah. are you attached to, the, to which is, is an interesting concept because if you find yourself attached to, and it's the same with me, is like if I find myself attached to the amount, to patients feeling better when they walk out my room, right? For the patients that don't feel better, instead of me actually what, trying to figure out what I can do to help them outside of my practice, I'm so focused inwardly on my failing and my failure that I actually don't give them the best service possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's perspective. It's it's a game. It's a perspective game. At least I I would I would think. Shucks, and I like that because I mean like, so I yes said um how I struggle with the thought but I mean beforehand I mean before that book came out um I had attempted to write the book like uh let me twice twice in the years right and then first time nearly done and I deleted it completely like I can't do this I'm not a writer deleted it yeah Um, uh, about a few years later I thought let me try again uh did so and again, completely deleted it. Like I was further in the book and deleted it. And like, and it's only, I think that other time when now it was more like when I did the course and realizing mentally trying to work on it, trying to think better and all that where, yes, the battles were there, but then I overcame it by writing the book eventually, you know, and still struggling with it. So I, I like the why, like you're saying, um, what is your why, you know, like, and it definitely is important to separate that identity, you know, um, from your profession. Yes, you are writing a book, but do you find that value or identity in I'm a writer? Because like you said, I mean, if anyone can come and tell you, hey, you are not a writer and you're going to crash and burn, you're like, so there is definitely hope um, if you are struggling with that as a writer and you see no light at the end of the tunnel um yeah I really love that I really love that yeah I think also the other thing that's really interesting is that the the process the places in our brain that process creativity and and like the editing portion of the brain are two different two different spaces in the brain Mm. that is so interesting to me so I find what you know, can also be quite helpful with, especially with writing, is like if you're in the space of creativity, is just to pour your heart out and pour mm. your, you know, pour yourself out. And that's like that that creativity space and it's the vulnerability space. I think that's the thing about writers. It's, it's a very vulnerable space because mm-hmm. there is that editing portion of your brain that's kind of going you know and there's so many things to edit it's like yeah you could be fundamentally editing like the sentences or editing you know the grammar or the um you know you but also editing that question you know your own sense of questioning 
but I think there's a gift in the questioning. I think that that gift of the questioning allows us to play with ideas. So it becomes more of what you are and what you're trying to express. And it's just also the idea that like, we're a global village now. Yeah. <laughs> like the comparativeness of, you know, it's, it's so different now. It's, I'm probably one person away or two people away from uh, may, maybe three away from Elon Musk like that I mean this, this is crazy yeah, right this is yeah, a man yeah, that's sending yeah. cars up to to Mars okay so you know what I'm one person away from the Pope like that's just how crazy this is and and I think that that comparative space is also really tough because it's easy to be a big fish in a small bowl but now with social media and mm. um, with access to the, the rest of the world, yeah. we're all pretty much about the same kind. Like, you know what I mean? That's like, mm. maybe we're not the same size fish, but we're all playing in the same bowl now. Mm. And so it now has to, I think it's, there's two things and I was talking to a friend about this. So the first thing from a personal development space is, you know, I think it's important to, and another rule from Dr. Jordan Peterson is, compare yourself to who you were yesterday and not to people around you because we come from very different stories yeah. uh, you know and realistically speaking health wise trauma wise um, you know perception wise healing wise uh, background income class uh, all of these things make us all so different so mm -hmm. it's really trying to compare yourself to the next person it's just they're I would call it a, a waste of time from that perspective of personal development. Another friend, however, said to me, from an economic perspective, it's a good idea to be able to compare yourself within the market. So that's a different story, right? So it's the idea that there's a healthy state of when you're sitting and you're writing, you're comparing your productivity based on where you were yesterday and you're comparing yourself to who you were yesterday right and mm. then when your book is starting to sell you can then kind of go in and, and you're not you're not basing your identity in the market you're basing your product in the market mm -hmm. so now you're going to look at your book and see is your book selling how well is it doing in the market how are people responding can i shift and change and grow so that can go into the next book um, okay, and I think yeah, yeah, very right. I think that's a very fine line to take, and I think that's where mentorship comes in, right? So where yes, you're not comparing yourself um, for like just as a value kind of thing, but to see where your book is, and and that's where you begin to find people who are where you want to be, right? You find that person or those two people who have done what you've done, and they are further ahead where you can learn from them. I think that's where mentorship comes in and that's where it should lead, I think, where it's not just comparing yourself to say, where am I? You see all these people doing better than you. You don't have the knowledge, you don't have the skill and you just, you just go into this hole and think I'm useless and I'm gonna stop. Whereas yeah. there's that line to say, no, no, I'm, let me look for people who are doing what I'm doing and how can I get better and who can I listen to or get advice from, you know, like, and that's where that line is, I think, you know, like, because yes, I wanted to yeah. talk about that, about comparing, because that is also a big thing, because when I started again, and like went online, right, I wanted to write this book, 
Um, and I thought, okay, I need to know what I'm doing. And there's thousands and thousands of people talking about the same thing and people are ahead. And the worst thing is people in your area who are like in your country, let's just say doing the same thing and you are like so far behind and you get these thoughts and thinking, can I even do this, you know? But it's, I realized that for me was a fight as well. And just coming to understand, I was taught that, no, 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 find one or two other people who are doing what you're doing, but are way ahead of you that you can learn from and um, read the material, do their courses, but the goal being to be better. And it's not trying to compare yourself and trying to outdo anyone. Because again, I love what you said about comparing yourself to um, yesterday's self, right? Or something like that. Yeah, which- yeah. I love so talk about it more like yeah yeah I I think it's so it's so good that you speak of mentorship because it's the same thing with health right is Mm -hmm. like um I think health the health industry is a trillion dollar industry there's a lot a lot of like information and contradicting information and this and this and this and and I think, you know, when you ultimately look at it, it's like you have to take a step back from all of it and begin to define what health looks like for you, right? And, and it's different from one person to the other, you know? Like I obviously, just because of the nature of where I'm at in my life, I probably eat a lot healthier than most people. And it's, you know, it's not because I'm a chiropractor and it's not because this is what I'm supposed to do because funny enough when I studied so I I learned about chiropractic through American chiropractors and I mean they were incredible like they ate healthy they exercised Mm -hmm. all the time they were just like you know and fast and just just incredible just you know charismatic it was brilliant and they came from a body of chiropractors that you know were believed in God and so I could identify with that and and they were strong and all of this stuff. And, and I think what had happened was I had wanted to be like that, mm-hmm. right? That, that was like, and I think as, when you're younger, understanding seasons and times, when you're younger, you know, that kind of makes sense. You know, yeah. it makes sense to you once you uh, embody your mentor or someone mm. that you look up to. But as you start getting older, you start having to ask yourself questions to tailor make your life. And and it's the same with health. As you get older, you've got to start, you know, tailor making your health decisions, whether it's your mental health. And and it's, you know, do you need to be going to a psychologist once every two months just to talk about childhood trauma, even though you're in your 40s? Yes, Mm -hmm. probably so. Uh, do you need to be adding more vegetables to your diet yeah probably so right and and it's just that idea of like even when it comes to writing is the whole point is to become who you're meant to be the writer that you're meant to be but you're influenced by people it's just the nature of Mm -hmm. things and I think as you get older as as you mature in that space you you begin to clarify you know certain things and i think these are the things that you start to clarify around who am i what type of writer am i wanting to be what type of you know mom am i trying to be what type of um health you know and and health plays into all of these things right so i keep seeing people that are coming in because they're sick and they need help and i'm kind of going hey 
this is a conversation that your 30 year old self should have had and mm. said, hey, in 20 years, is the decisions I'm making with my health right now going to positively or negatively affect me in 20 years? And yeah, I get it. You can be eating carrots all the time. And if a bus is going to come and hit you, you're still going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, <laughs> that, that was Thomas. <laughs> uh, I, I know. That. That, that's pretty much what someone told me today. And I was like, okay, this is how, <laughs> how we're seeing health at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know it, it goes <laughs> it goes back to your maybe i should take up that uh, mindset as well yeah i can just eat anything because yeah i could yeah anyway anyway let's get <laughs> yeah i know i know it was silly but it was i mean it is it's just that idea right it's like what type of life do you want to lead and yeah. and what type of writer do you want to be and what type of mom do you want to be or what type of friend do you want to be and it goes back to being intentional right and Mm -hmm. and we've got to be intentional about how we're seeing these things um and and who we're surrounding ourselves with right because surround yourself with if you want to be healthier surround yourself with healthier people because it's going to be easier if you you know want to be a better writer then yeah, surround yourself with good writers and people who are interested in writing because you're going to pick up things and you're going to learn. And, you know, so yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, uh, it's a journey. It's mm-hmm. that I could, I could call it that a journey. Okay. Um, right. So let's change gears uh, ish, as we like, there's so much to talk about, but anyway, like let's talk about now tips on getting better because I found, for example, like whenever I was like mentally, I was out of it, you know, like for whatever reason, like just trying to get that energy to work and to write had nothing, right? So like there was a direct correlation between, you know, like I didn't do anything hectic. I, I didn't, I wasn't at work, whatever, but just mentally, if I wasn't in that right my, uh, space of mind, whatever it was, it directly affected how much I would write and the quality, you know, and, and it's a real thing as well. So what are some of the steps that one can take to over, um, to overcome that and, you know, like be better in the way you think and mentally, you know, like how can one person be better? Um, so, yeah, so I'll just give you some stuff that I've been playing around with. Uh, you know, I think the, the first thing that pops up for me is serotonin um, and really just looking at like uh, just the idea of increasing or rising your serotonin, your serotonin levels um, and how you can do that is basically by um, how you can do that is, is basically by exercising, um, you know, just to boost your dopamine and your serotonin. Yeah. Um, and when you're in a healthier state, you know, with your serotonin and your dopamine, you have better clarity, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so really just trying to reduce the amount of brain fog. The other thing is, is we're inundated with a lot of information. There's information everywhere, whether it's social media, yeah. um, you know, and 
and YouTube and just like a lot of, there's a lot of information. And I think the one thing is that our brains are really getting fatigued by information like overload. And so I would really say like, if you are going to be taking a break from your writing, maybe don't necessarily be streaming on social media and like, you know, having your brain stimulated in that way. Again, instead actually find a way to ground yourself. And that's something that we don't often do. And grounding is really just the idea of teaching yourself to be present, you know, to be in the present moment versus like trying to contemplate you know, yeah. the future or the past or, but just to, to be absolutely present and, and invest. And then I would also just talk about like your diet. I think your diet is very, very important. Um, you know, energy levels have a lot to do with uh, B12. Um, and a lot of people are low in B12 and vitamin D and especially in Africa, which is so interesting. So I would say to people, if you're struggling with energy, it would be a good idea to just go check your vitamin B12 levels. Um, just have a panel done just to kind of see what you, you know, what your vitamins are looking like. And then looking at your diet and being, you know, so if you're a writer, then looking at like brain uh, dense. So it's like healthy brain food. Like that. So that's yeah. like your healthy fats, like your nuts and your seeds and your omega-3s and 6s. Um, and so what that is really just doing is feeding the brain because you're obviously using it a lot as you're, as you're writing. because so you're not mindlessly working. You're actually having to process thought and process idea. Mm -hmm. So we've spoken about exercise from a you know, serotonin dopamine perspective. We've spoken about food from an eating right for your brain. Um, we've spoken about vitamins for energy so looking and the exercise and the food also ties into the energy which is really great so that's also quite quite interesting we've spoken about grounding and really just learning to find stillness and obviously it's very interesting because uh you know men have a nothing box and women mm. don't um, yeah. but uh, for the first time in a like i in my adult life at least I experienced brain stillness mm -hmm. where I could, you know, it wasn't, my brain wasn't like on overdrive because I'm, I'm definitely a contemplator and I can just, I can run on like the most random thoughts. Um, but it was nice to have brain stillness. And I found that on when I was using something called cacao. So it's cacao is basically a hundred percent cocoa in a sense, but it's from, you can get it from Ecuador um, but they, you know, whatever country you're in, there'll be people that are selling it. And what it does is it, it's an actual um, serotonin and dopamine boost. So if your body is in need of it, what's really nice is it acts as if, uh, you know, like what an antidepressant would do, but instead of taking an antidepressant, um, or at least, you know, not necessarily that people should come off the antidepressants to take this yeah. unless you've consulted with your doctor. <clears throat> but it's a very interesting concept that this naturally opens you up. So it, it increases that dopamine and serotonin. And in that happier state, you're able to function better and able to cognitively process better. Nice. So I think that's very interesting because, oh, wow. you know, the other thing, is when people are not well, they're very high in neuroticism. So that's, you know, kind of fight or flight mode or yeah. withdrawal. And so, you know, that's also going to affect how you see the world. 
and how you process things. So what you're trying to do is really keep yourself in a, in a higher serotonin state. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't, you know, and, you know, it comes back to this idea of like, I, I like to define um, the, or at least I like the, the difference between joy and happiness because yes. you can mm-hmm. find someone who is super depressed but on the outside, super happy. And mm-hmm. it's not that they're pretending to be happy, but it's just that there's like a paradox that tends to happen. So oftentimes people will be like, I can't believe you're depressed. You're smiling all the time. And it's like, yeah, but that's not how this works. Yeah. But joy, joy is different because when you think of happiness, I like to think of happiness as uh, something that's attached to things. <laughs> So, you know, it's, and it goes back to that motivation concept. And we spoke about that in yeah. the last, in the last episode yeah, was, episode, yeah. you know, we were talking about things when you, you are looking to be satisfied and that makes you happy versus joy. That's almost found outside of yourself. Joy is that found within a space of meaning within a space of responsibility okay. and joy exists despite stress despite suffering yeah and i think that that's interesting so when you start to define your value system right and then also kind of recognize so that's really what when you're kind of talking about the food and the exercise and all of that that's feeding into your body serotonin which is yeah to a certain extent making you feel happier but i think it feeds into the joy element versus like a a happiness kind of feeling yeah all right, because I want to also talk about other things like how I overcame stuff. So this psychology course that I took, right, it was about how the brain works and all that. So they were speaking about how the brain, for example, like your beliefs, right, and how your self-talk plays into that. And like, so um, the way you talk to yourself, right, if it's negative, it'll, it'll, if you talk to yourself in such a way so much, it then forms into a belief, you know, and so if it's negative or uh, positive, that's how you build your beliefs, right? So I wanted to talk about self-talk as well, how important that also plays, because I had to change my self-talk in this journey as well to say, okay, what am I saying to myself? And self-talk is, is, audio is audible and in your mind right so either you thinking like that or you you're talking in your mind or out loud kind of thing and I had to work on that you know like to say okay I need to change the way I talk to myself about um, the um, potential like that I have about who I am as an author you know like and a writer so talk about that how first of all how do you talk to yourself and talk about also about beliefs so self-talk and beliefs because they are interconnected as well yeah um i like that i like you you hit the nail on the head when it comes to how the brain processes things so you've got your thinking brain and then you've got your subconscious which is like your hard drive Mm -hmm. so when something happens it goes through your thinking brain and your brain processes what happened um and and there's what what i like to think of it is it processes what happens through certain filters that we have yes and sometimes filters you know almost like a you know which is so interesting is like sometimes we don't even know what filters we have up because of childhood traumas and maybe because of how we were brought up or maybe because of like generational belief systems Mm -hmm. and so you've got all these filters that kind of happen 
and society some just doesn't necessarily always help depending on what which is so interesting is like it depends on what part of society you're watching because oh, wow. we always talk about society being bad but i'm finding a lot of really amazing conscious people on social yeah. media and nice. on the internet that i am like this is amazing so so yeah so anyways you've got this an event happens you know it's a good event or a traumatic event and it happens and it goes into the thinking brain and you've got these filters and it just goes through trauma through unworthiness yeah. through insecurity through mm. and 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 then you know it gets stored in the subconscious and the subconscious doesn't process anything it's like the hard drive that exactly civil mechanism yeah it's out of, yeah but it's out of your subconscious that you're actually acting and so isn't it interesting that earlier we spoke about it's what you're giving out and your body so input output input output mm, right mm. and i think you know what's what is is really it's a hard truth that i think it's a good truth to face is we all have faulty filters mm. mm-hmm. and, and it, it happens even as a kid when your parents will do something you know i mean for me which my parents did they they sent me to an aunt for a little bit because she was more financially stable mm-hmm. and they did it out of a space of love my filter wasn't love my filter was abandonment my filter oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and you you were worthy to be left behind them and so because of that the filter that kind of that went through so it was abandonment and then there was another filter that kind of was set up and it was like this will never happen to you again so mm-hmm. you start putting walls you start decreasing your vulnerability you start believing that you're all on your own and isn't it interesting that it was an act of love from my parents perspective but because i processed it so yeah through my faulty filters that it actually ended up affecting almost the rest of my life where now i'm almost turning 30 and now I have to deal with unpacking abandonment yeah. and unpacking yeah. where it came from so I think, you know, when we're really looking at it, if we can all fundamentally agree that we start from a faulty, we have faulty filters. Exactly, conditioning. You know, conditions and conditioning, yeah. And and can, you know, can you identify the things? And I think one of the things is being kind and being gentle with yourself because you can't go through all of it all at the same time. It's it's intense, It's it's a lot. But if you can have grace, um, you know, and and I think this is where for me, when we talk about the the story of grace, mm-hmm. is it's an undeserved gift, and we're talking about um, shame resilience, and we're talking about conviction versus condemnation. So what am I saying here? I'm saying when you take on your healing journey of of changing your the way your your brain is, because it's neuroplastic it can change mm-hmm. you can actually bring things out okay. of your subconscious bring them back into your processing brain mm-hmm. and and not not necessarily uh, uh get rid of the story but what you can do is you can w- rewire yes that's it yeah. the rewiring yeah. and retell the story because it's all stories nice yeah. retell the story and put it back into your subconscious and i think the words that for me will pop up when you talk about you know how you speak to yourself it's another imposter syndrome thing because sometimes i'm speaking shame resilience i'm speaking uh, grace to myself i'm speaking um 
you know, kindness and love and, and, and worthiness. And Dr. Brene Brown, who's a social scientist, and she does studies on wholehearted living and vulnerability and shame. Love, love, love her. And um, when, when she talks about, um, you know, all of these, you know, when it comes to shame, resilience and, uh, you know, the wholehearted living is the, the fundamental principle that you are enough whether you do or you don't do. Mm, I love that. Right? Yes. So you're enough whether you write or you don't write. You are enough. And, and when you start from the worthiness point, from the enoughness point, then you can move forward and you begin to shift your filters. So you shift your filter from something happens and now instead of it seeing unworthiness or insecurity it's seeing worthiness it's seeing you know and it's just the idea that when you start to find that you are enough and you are worthy of love belonging and connection when bad things happen you're not sitting there thinking i this is happening because i deserve this yeah i love that you know it could be happening because maybe the person that cut you off was having a really bad day yeah you know and it's not it's not about you you know, or maybe the person that read your book and didn't like it and maybe could have given you better criticism was brought up in a household that their criticism was in that manner. Mm-hmm. They didn't know any different, right? But if you, if you within yourself come from a state of worthiness of, you know, you know love, belonging, connection, respect, and when that happens, it's not attacking your you know, you, you can either stand there and say, hey, actually, I can't receive it in that manner that you're speaking to me. In. Or you can walk away and go, you, sh- you know, shame resilience and be like, yeah, no, that came from a space of shame and condemnation. And it's not, it's not my truth, you know. So, yeah, my, my affirmations for me have, have shifted from, and I mean, I still have, I still have abundance affirmations, which I really like. <laughs> I still should have them. Yeah. Yeah, I still do. But I think my affirmations have, are becoming a state, you know, a space of, I am worthy of love and connection and belonging. You know, I am, I am, you know, maybe not, I'm worthy of, of uh, responsibility. Um, and I am worthy of meaning. And I am doing things that are changing my life, my community's life, my family life, just purely by the healing that I'm going through, by the writing that I'm doing, by the work that I'm doing, you know, and, and it doesn't necessarily always feel like I'm not jumping for joy all the mm-hmm. time when I'm mm-hmm. saying these things. I know what you're saying. Yeah, my yeah, subconscious yeah. is holding some of these truths that are actually not true. Yeah. Wow, I love that because I think, again, let me just emphasize for the guys who are listening. So like again everyone has uh wrong programming right from the past i mean because as kids we had no control right there was no say in anything you know like as babies or because even that's where, where it starts like from your childhood and stuff like that people are coming and telling you who you are and there's experiences like either broken families or whatever you've seen all this is being stored in your brain and your brain doesn't say this is good or bad it just accepts and that becomes like your truth and you live by that you know so each and every one of us has like an experience and things that are stored that are 
negative, but like you're saying, there is hope that can be changed. And for that to happen though, there needs to be that um, systematic kind of thinking about it, taking time to think about these things, you know, like it's not just gonna happen by itself. You need to actually initiate these kind of things. Even if it's a time where you just stop and start thinking about like, what happened in my childhood or what happened with this? So why do I think like this? You know, all those things are, really important if on this journey of recovery and of um, having a better mental state, you know, like and talking to people and who, who you trust as well and who can give you some really good feedback. And as they do that, you're replacing, like rewiring those things by what? By the way you talk and changing the way you think, changing the way you talk and seeing those negative experiences that you had and say, okay, I want to change it for this. And and yeah, I guess, but then the point being is that it takes time. It takes, because I mean, for me, I would say it's at least 10 years journey of yeah. rewiring and changing the way I was thinking because it was, I was a mess before. I mean, yes, I'm a mess now, but I was a real mess before, you know, like, and yeah. 15 years and even now I could still say, no, there's still work, you know, like there's still work I'm doing, like just in changing my mind. And now I know more, but it's even that conviction to even, be more on it to say, let's do this more, affirm myself more, think better and not even give ground to all these other kind of things. But the journey never ends in a way. And you know, like, I think that's important to note, think, Eesh, I can't do this, it's too much, you know? So I think on, as we end this, just give some closing thoughts on this, on everything that we spoke about, you know, like, cause I think it's important and yeah, what we're talking about this again is just the tip of the iceberg. There is just so much we can oh, talk about. Is. And this seems, I know we've been talking for long. If you listen to that, I know it's long, but this is nothing with this. I uh, know it's nothing. Like there's so much to talk about and we could never just like talk about the whole thing. Yeah. I think if I had to round it up, I think my, my first point of call would be to be kind to yourself yeah. because uh we are coming from a disadvantage you know it, it, we are coming from a state of like the world is diseased uh there mm -hmm. is suffering you know and and so being kind to yourself to understand that this is this you know this is where we start from mm -hmm. but the optimistic thing about it which you know, I, I think when I was younger, I, I just wanted to be super optimistic the whole time. Mm -hmm. And uh, but optimism without the, the balance of pessimism doesn't have uh, enough weight for me anymore. Whereas now I think the pessimistic side of it is that life is suffering, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that everything good comes with some hard. Right. And uh, but the optimistic thing about it is that we have the power to change the way that we think, the way we act, to heal our emotions, to heal our minds, to heal our bodies, to take on a state of responsibility within our, for ourselves, you know, in our lives. And that looks like managing chaos, right? And whatever chaos looks like for you, whether chaos looks like disease, or chaos looks like a messy home. Mm -hmm. You can take up the responsibility to manage the chaos and create order and structure. And, and you know, it's, it's the proverbial idea that um, around sin, you know, where we talk about sin being defined as missing the mark, mm -hmm. right? And it's that 
we've also been given the 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 quiver and the arrows that you know and the positioning the we've got people social media now has opened the way for us to access people like Dr. Jordan Peterson, Dr. Gabor Mate, um, Dr. Brene Brown, people that I probably would have never been able to access. And I've got their information that are like arrows in my quiver now that I can pull out and I can aim for a better life and aim for meaning. And so, you know, whether we're talking about writing or we're talking about being a better human or being a better husband or wife or being a better child to your parents because man I think one thing one of the biggest lessons I've learned as an adult is my parents have stuff too you know mm-hmm. and it's like and 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 figuring out that we all have stuff and we're all dealing with it but you can't fix it all in one yes. go and that's yes. that's not going to happen it's not sustainable you've got to build a house brick by brick by brick and you have community and so for my patients, oftentimes the reason why I like to connect with, with other healers, not that I'm a healer, but with other people in the in the space of like the healing realm is because I want to empower my patients with as much as they can to have people support them along the journey. Go to a psychologist. If you need a psychologist, that's okay. No matter what religious background you come from mm-hmm. or spirituality you come from, going to a psychologist to get some help to just Mm. have someone guide you offload you offload some of these things is important um having someone else like your chiropractor help you with your muscles and your joints to help take off all that pressure so you aren't dealing with pain and headaches and decreasing your productivity and you know you go go to your chiropractor go you know create a fitness community where you eat together and you exercise together and and that's community right when you can heal together and you're supported in the space and i think that's the point of this podcast right of like what we're doing now is we're creating a space for people to we're holding space for you to have a better life to be healthier to be well and what's the whole point of it the whole point is to just have a better quality life you know i think we're not on this earth for very long it's getting shorter and shorter but like we're not on this earth for really long but we have the capacity to make the quality better so instead of looking at longevity let's start looking at quality what is the quality of your life what's the quality of your writing what's the quality of your work ethic what's the quality of your heart quality of your spirit like all of these things that we start to ask and we're saying we've got things to help you improve the quality of all those things yeah I love that. And thank you for that, Amy. And I'm, I'm so pumped about this conversation. I'm pumped about the wisdom that's in here and just on the things we talked about. And I know people listening are going to get a lot from it. So thank you so much. Um, we are going to do this again very soon. Yeah. Thank you thank again. Thank you for having me. I am so honored to be on this. Thank you so, uh, so much. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, Amy. Bye. I loved that interview and I hope you enjoyed it too. There was so much we talked about and our hope is that you were challenged and encouraged and that you are now more aware of how health plays in a life of a writer in your life, how nutrition, how um 
talking well to yourself, how believing in yourself, how um, posture all helps in this overall picture of health. And if you like um, to share your thoughts on this topic, you can comment below or on my Facebook page. And if you'd like to connect with Dr. Amy, I have left her links down below. So please contact her. And remember that you can share this episode if you are enjoying it. And remember to give us a five-star rating as well. So thank you for listening to the episode. And remember, you have something worth sharing. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.